I would say to face that thing that you've been ignoring, whatever it is, it could be as simple as you had an argument with someone and you feel like you should have a follow-up conversation about it and you haven't. At its foundation, that thing that you've been ignoring is an energy leak. So that is the subconscious, your even conscious mind is spending a lot of energy subconsciously trying to either justify it or make it okay or make you feel safe enough to continue to operate. Consciously, you might be thinking about it sometimes. Maybe it's a little seed in the background. Maybe you're ruminating about it. But the energy leak, and and most people have many energy leaks, is actually depleting not only your energy, but your creativity, your life force. And then on this higher outer level of what we've been talking about today, it's also illuminating a possibility on your purpose path. It's showing you that there's more beyond this thing that feels uncomfortable. There's something more for you out there in the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen if you make that choice or if you talk to that person or whatever this thing is for you. So if you really want to make a big shift, focus there first rather than on something outside of you. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Today, we've got Sloan, who left working for the fourth largest law firm in the world, started her own, and then has gone on many transitions since then. And today, she is helping women to level up. And I'm so excited to have you here and talk all the things on helping us achieve the most we can in life. So tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. Thank you, Emily. It's great to be here. As you said, my name is Sloan and my work in the world is I help women fulfill their highest potential and deepest desires. So I work with women who are growth-minded and typically who have that experience of knowing that more is possible in their lives, even though they're grateful for their lives and they're doing great things. They're like, ah, but this isn't it for me. And that is where they come and work with me because really the work that I do is about supporting women in feeling fulfilled in all areas of life, including business, including personal and, and everything in between. I love this. And I'm so pumped to dive in because I think a lot of us achieve a goal or we achieve a career goal and it's seen as the pinnacle or we've reached the mountaintop, but we're left feeling like that can't be it. What else is out there and how do I get to that next level? And I think you've got a lot to share in that, in your work, but also in your own story. So you left working for the fourth largest law firm in the world to start your own, generating millions of dollars in business before selling it to follow your real passion. Tell us about that passion, the courage it took to pursue it, and the permission you gave yourself to leave your traditional path and pursue a new one? Well, I think the first crack that I experienced in, in what you just shared was when I was in law school, I got it in my mind that I was going to get a job at a big law firm. And for lawyers, this is the most coveted job. It's high paying, it's prestigious, you get great training. And so I dove in 100% to make this happen against all odds. I was at that time going to Ohio State University, which was like a good law school, but it wasn't the most amazing. I was in the top third of my class. Again, good, but I wasn't really in the pool to be getting a job like this one that I wanted. And so I'm doing all the things. I had a binder for interviewing. I'm flying to New York and LA and meeting people. And, and I was like, I want to get this job no matter what. So I got the job. I actually finally land this job as a corporate lawyer in a law firm in the Los Angeles office. And after the excitement of this job wears off after about a year, I start getting more and more unhappy. 
I'm working long hours, I'm feeling tired, and, and there's this grind to it that is not really about, you know, in my role as a new lawyer, helping people as much as research and just writing and how many hours can you spend doing this job? And I didn't see a way out. I really felt like I was making all this money at that time. I was supporting my husband and I mostly, and um, we had a lifestyle that we were used to. And so I got it into my head that I was stuck and I ended up staying there for five years total because I couldn't see a pathway out. And at that time, my idea was if my husband just got a better job that I could leave this job and finally be happy. And it took a lot of shifting and growing. And I actually went to a retreat at the Hoffman Institute, which is a really phenomenal retreat center. It's a nonprofit. And that was where I first started to take responsibility in my life to understand that I was making up this story completely about being stuck there. And that was when I first had the seed planted that I was going to leave and start my own firm. And to answer your question, that whole experience of getting this amazing job and being so unhappy, and then also having all these people in my life who were like, this is the best thing that could ever happen. And when I start talking about leaving those same people, my parents, my mentor, people I knew are like, what? No, you don't. What are you talking about? You're going to be throwing away your future. And what are you thinking? And, and that like disparity between that experience of what I was feeling compared to what other people thought I should do and what they were seeing was really the first time that I started to realize that this path that I was, let's say I had been shuttled along my life as we are, you go to school and then you do the next thing and then you get a job and then you get married and whatever this path is that a lot of people feel is the way. That was where I first started to realize, you know, this isn't really resonating for me. And there's something about this that isn't working. And that was when I really started to shift my perspective in a, a big way. How did you overcome that hurdle of other people's opinions when you've reached this pinnacle and you have this job and people knew you had that goal and then you got it and you're at this destination, you're thinking, this isn't right for me anymore, but everyone around you is saying, stay. Yeah. How did you overcome that? Yeah. There's a real pain with it, you know? And it's like, I can understand that completely. The one that was probably the most painful for me was my mentor from college, he was actually the one that first planted the seed about going to law school. And he's like, you should go, you learn this new way to think it's going to change your life. And he was my biggest supporter. I, I looked up to him in a really big way. And I remember when I was finally thinking of leaving and it took me a long time to get up the bravery and the vision and everything that I needed to go. And he said, I think you're making a huge mistake. Don't go. And it was really painful because of course I wanted him to think I'm doing such a great thing and look at, you know, how innovative with this law firm idea and all this stuff. I wanted him to support me, but the gift that I had was that I was so unhappy that I, I couldn't choose anymore what other people wanted for me over what I knew I had to do. I just, I couldn't keep living like that. I love what you said there. You couldn't choose what other people wanted for you. That's a real breakthrough statement right there. And one that I'm sure many of us could apply to different areas of our life. And in order to, to choose that and to make that statement, you had to increase your personal confidence. And then you went on to tackle big audacious dreams in your life and your career. How did you do that? How did you go from this big transition and what felt somewhat hurtful and hard to then catapulting yourself to this next level? Well, I've always been a driven kind of person. And I know I'm sure the women who are listening to this and, and you, Emily, are that kind of woman. You're driven to do great things and to take care of the people that you love and create success. And I've always been like that. It's just that I would say in the past in my life and in my younger years, I really catapulted myself into the next level from pain, a circumstance being so hard that I felt like 
oh, I have to change this and I need to get out of it. And then I just am like, oh, I'll forget all the stuff before and whatever I feel like I'm bound to. And I've just got to make a big change. And the thing I like to share with women now is I did all that. So you don't have to. Now, sometimes women do come to me and they're in a lot of pain. A lot of women come and they're burned out and they're stressed and they're anxious or they're crying every day or every night. I think that's unfortunately a natural state for a lot of women. And if you're not in that state, but you're knowing you're, you're getting those whispers or those feelings or that draw into something else, you actually have the opportunity to make a change before it gets there, before you're in this extreme emergency situation where you have to just kind of let the chips fall and bust out <laughs> like I did, you can actually choose to follow that inner guidance and, and make a shift. And that's the place that I move from in my life now. I, I went through a lot and I'm happy to share this the story of how that happened. I went through a lot to get into alignment with myself and to stop making choices out of fear or stress, or I just have to because it's so extreme into now in my life, when things start to get a little bit out of alignment, I feel it. And even when it's uncomfortable at that little bit, I choose the alignment path so that I don't have to have drama and I don't have to have the, the challenges in the way that I was before in my life. When I was doing some research on this interview before we started, you make this statement that I thought was really interesting, where you help women stop acting like a man to fulfill their highest potential as a woman. Tell me more a little bit about that. That is something that's very near and dear to my heart because we as women are actually taught to create success and create in our lives like men. And I want to be really clear, Emily, I'm not making men wrong. I'm not making women wrong. Actually, I just want to point out that the path to creating success, while it does create success, happens to also leave a lot of women feeling depleted and exhausted and burned out. Women are burning out at a rate of three times the rate of men. And there's a reason for that. Men are on a 24-hour cycle physiologically in their bodies. So every 24 hours, they go back to being the same. They experience the same thing where we women are on an approximately 28-day cycle. And what that means is that we women over the course of the cycle are four different people. And so we're trying to take these four different people and put them into operation in, let's say, the business world. We're expected to show up every day and be the same, be consistent. Don't be too emotional because that's crazy or bitchy or out of control. And don't connect very much because this is business and we should just be getting down to work and being productive. And there's a lot of aspects of the system that while they work, you know, a lot of women, we've created success operating in this way. In the end, it's not really creating success holistically. It's not making us also feel energized and uplifted and we're our best selves feeling our pleasure and, you know, really all in, in our relationships. It's kind of like one or the other. And so this idea of stopping acting like a man is first to get educated about your body, yourself, what that means. What does it mean that we actually have these cycles in our bodies? And then secondarily is the really brave part, which is to actually start operating in alignment with your body. And it's brave. And I say it's pioneering in today's world because it's not the way the world is set up yet. But what I believe is that when women and enough women really start to experience the power that we have, when we're operating and living in alignment with our own bodies and, and the superpowers that are actually a part of who we are, when we bring that into business, when we bring that into our personal lives, the effects are undeniable. And when enough women are operating from that place, everybody's better off everybody's going to see how powerful this really is. And then our culture will really start to change around it. So maybe you can use yourself as an example. Like, How do you live into alignment with who you are over this cycle? I think we've, the wool has been pulled over our, away from our eyes a little bit about this recently. I'm so happy more people are talking about the fact that we go on this this journey over the course of, of a month, just as 
as a woman and how you change, but how do you, how do you live into that superpower? How do you use that to your advantage in the workplace or in your personal life to continue to level up? It's such a good question. And I am using my life as the biggest experiment that I possibly can on this because we're just creating it. So I'll share a couple of things that I do. One is for the things that I have complete control over, let's say creating videos for my social media that we really try to book in the middle of my cycle. So during the time when my body is already making it so that I want to be out and talking to people and communicative. And, you know, during this time of the cycle, my skin is looking differently and my body is setting me up to be more interactive with other people versus um, let's say the very end of my cycle where the body is actually, and the hormones are structured for me to go inward more often. Now, I have, for example, a workshop I'm doing right at the end of my cycle and the beginning of the next cycle, which means right when my period is about to start and it might start right then, okay? And the workshop is scheduled for a variety of reasons around that time. So, okay, you know, in that case, I chose to put a workshop there. That's not the ideal time for my body. And maybe I won't go out to dinner with friends the night before, which maybe I would have otherwise, or maybe I'll shift some other things around on my calendar to give myself a little more space. This is a time when on one side, the body is almost saying like Sloan, it's time to slow down. It's time to become more introspective. And on the flip side of that, or in the same experience at the end of my cycle, the body is set up for me to access my intuition at the highest levels. So if I have the highest access to my intuition, and I know that I want to be spending more time journaling or reflecting or just just having a lower key energy and environment, because I personally, I want to have the highest access to my intuition possible. So this whole thing about, you know, living with your cycles is actually also accessing your superpowers. And I feel like the culture has mainly taught us, okay, the time when I have my period or, you know, around then, if I'm feeling lower energy, it's kind of like, get over it, deal with it and pull yourself back up and move on. And what I'm proposing is that instead of doing that, that we actually pay attention and honor in service of these superpowers that we actually have underneath. So how do you do that if you are not working for yourself, or you're maybe not as in control of your schedule as you would want to be? What do you suggest that leaders do when they don't have complete control over what the business might throw at them at different times of the month? Mm -hmm. It's so important first is to know your cycle. And just to be really clear, everybody has a cycle, even if you don't actually get your period, or even if you've gone through menopause, So first is to start getting in touch with your own body and find out what your cycle is. And then you do things to support yourself. So one of the practices that I love the most that anybody can use is what I call a quantum slowdown. Now, most women like you all who are successful, powerful women, when I say slowdown are like, wait, what? I don't even know about that. But quantum is tiny, very small. And so you can imagine if you're during the time of your cycle, when your energy is lower, when you have less focus, when you're meant to go within, you could take slowdowns throughout the day in two minute increments. It could be a little meditation. It could even be when you're going to the bathroom. Sometimes I'll just sit there going to the bathroom, but I close my eyes and I'm touching my body. It's all meant to bring myself back into being centered in my body. And when you do that quantum slowdown, I mean, honestly, if you did that two minutes every hour, you are nourished, you're centered, you end your day feeling really good, even if you feel a little tired compared to if you don't. My mind is going like a million places because we haven't had a guest like you before on this show. And all that you're saying applies to all of our female listeners directly. And they are getting advice right now that they probably haven't heard before. And 
some of what you have said and and really allowed us to like listen to and experience and think about like how we can implement in into our lives is going to be new and different. And you had this saying in your when I was doing research on you about living beyond your edge. I want to learn more about what that might mean as well, because I think you're going to continue to open our mind. Well, I first want to appreciate what you're saying, which is that some of this might sound a little bit out there. And the real honor that I have is to have been a corporate lawyer and now to be doing this work because I can speak both languages and I can really understand from the professional woman perspective, because that was me, uh, that some of this can feel like a little woo or kind of out there or like, yeah, that doesn't really apply to me. And here's the thing that I'm, I know, and this perspective that I'm speaking from is my work around helping women fulfill their deepest desires and highest potential is really about what does it look like for a woman to operate at the highest levels? And it's actually really different than a man. I call it peak performance, the feminine way. And it turns out that all this stuff that I'm talking about, your cycles and your hormones and your body, it isn't just for super spiritual woo kind of people. It actually is for us powerful women who are wanting more out of our lives. And so I hope that there's a context of this conversation that even if it just sparks a little interest, when you start looking into it, A lot of the conversation has been very like feminine and women and kind of like a la red tent. I don't know if you've read that book, Emily. (laughs) Okay. But it it has that kind of vibe. And, you know, honestly, I rejected it for a long time because of that. I, I was just like, oh, that sounds interesting, but not relevant to me. I'm trying to succeed in the world. And I've come to realize that this is actually the foundation of success for us as women. So To answer your question about living beyond the edge, for me, living beyond the edge is always following inner guidance. It is, I don't know any greater tool, any greater way to live beyond the edge, to push yourself, to go beyond your limits, to actually feel like in your life, you're riding the wave of life instead of getting tumbled around by it, other than to learn to listen to that voice inside of you that is knowing on a much higher level than our minds and then other people's minds, and then to actually take action and follow what you feel or what you hear or what you see inside. So it's all kind of tying together what you're saying. And we're very tied in these high stakes environments and these hustles in this running so fast that you're not checking in with yourself and, and thinking about where you are now and how you're feeling and have your goals changed? And are you really doing what it is that gives you purpose and helps fuel your passion? And so when we're in this high stakes life and these high stakes environments, how do you take that pause to find your inner calm or depart from maybe the conflict of of your life or your business to get recentered again because i think sometimes we've we've gone so far in achieving a goal that we originally set out to go after and then we get 75% of the way there we don't even recognize where we are anymore and i think a lot of what you're talking to us about today is like using our intuition, using our bodies, using our ourselves to really understand what it is that we want next needs to be something that's part of a regular practice, not something that you do once a year. Yes, a hundred percent. And you know, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because for some people, this thing of like following inner guidance or paying attention to my cycles, it might feel like I'm just trying to get through the day. And if, that is you. If you're not in a place of inspired and yeah, I'm ready to look at this and ready to go on what I'm sharing. That's okay. Really. The next step is what is going on in your life that you haven't wanted to face. And this really is the first step that I take with the women who come to work with me 
because usually there are multiple things that they haven't been willing or able to face yet in their lives. And that could be the truth about where they are, what they want in business or in an intimate relationship or something happening with their children or any number of things. What in your life have you not wanted to face? And are you ready to face it in service of living a better life and creating a life that actually feels good for you? Because all that stuff underneath following your inner guidance and you know, I talk about a lot about using pleasure as your North star. Those things are phenomenal and life-changing and you can't really get to that in a real authentic way until you start to look at some blind spots or some things that are hard in your life and, and make some different choices or have some deeper conversations. So when we ask ourselves that question and maybe we come up with one thing or, or a list of things then what? Like, I think that question is what gives us the initial work. And if you're asking yourself that question, you might be participating in this hustle culture that is difficult to depart. And then finding those answers is going to put more work on us to figure out what to do next. So what, what would you advise someone who says, all right, Sloan, I'm going to take your advice. Like this is really resonating with me. And I'm feeling, maybe if I really stop and think about it, I'm feeling very stirred up inside. I'm feeling like, whoa, I should be listening to what she's saying because something inside of me is reacting to this conversation and something's not right. So I'm asking myself, what is happening in my life that I don't want to face? I find that answer. And maybe the answer, I haven't faced it because I don't want to do it. I like, I, I am too scared. So what would you say to somebody that said, all right, I found the answer, but now I don't know. Now I don't know what to do. It's, this is scary. Yeah, it is scary. And it's a real crossroads because even bringing that thing completely into your consciousness, let's use an example. It could be, I don't want to be in my marriage anymore but I don't want to face it. I have my family and our life and the finances and all this stuff. I I can't even hardly face that this isn't right for me anymore. Bringing it into your consciousness of that being the truth of what you haven't been facing is already a success. Truly, like take a minute first to be like, wow, self, (laughs) Sloan, your name, look at what you faced because just looking is what most people are not even willing to do. Then after that is the choice. Do I want to take the next step in exploring what this means in my life or what something different could look like in my life? And this isn't like, do I want to leave tomorrow and be done with it? That That's going from like zero to a thousand and way too much. It's, do I want to speak with a therapist about this or a coach, or do I want to have a deeper conversation with my partner or whatever, you know, the next step is or not. And if you choose, I don't want to face this right now. I choose. No, that's okay. It's your life. You get to play however you want and live however you want. And just, I think it's really important to know. And this took me a long time to understand is that When you're out of alignment, especially when it's big, but when you're out of alignment in one area of your life, you cannot make the rest of your life in alignment. You're only one single person. So the one who stays in a marriage that she knows isn't right for her anymore also isn't going to feel like I'm in complete alignment in my business and everything's just right. And all the pieces are fit together and I'm living my purpose. And you can't put those two things together. You're either in alignment as a person or you're not. So I'm not saying that because I'm, I have an opinion about what you should do. I just, just for your clarity about what's at stake here by your choice. And then you get to choose how you want to live. I'm not saying that it's simple. And I understand there can definitely be a lot of pain. And this is the path where we cultivate tenderness with ourselves, even talking to yourself, like, wow, that's a really hard thing even to say out loud. Wow, you're brave. Wow, I'm here for you. Any of that is already steps on the right path for sure. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. 
We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. Well, I will say that raising it to your consciousness, like raising it to that level, your brain will start to work on the process or on the problem, even when you're not ready to take the next steps, whether that is something as big as the example you gave, or it could be you're looking for a new job or you're having an issue with the people that you manage, but those are really tough conversations. And, you know, that might be too weighty for you to have at the moment. Like, raising it to your level of consciousness to know like what's blocking your progress, what's getting in your way, what don't you want to face. Your brain is a powerful tool that will begin to solve the problems for you before you start taking action. And I will say that that is something that I have learned in my career and personally experienced like the power of like letting your brain work it out. And part of that is like relinquishing some control Because I think oftentimes these powerful women were like, we got it all, you know, we got to figure it out. I've got a plan for everything. Sometimes you don't, and you just have to let yourself sort of do the work in the background and just trust that the results are going to come a long way. And I know you've mentioned those things a lot, like trust and utilizing your intuition. I love that thought of, of intuition how do we tap into that power a little bit more to bring us more fulfillment, success, happiness in our lives? It has to be, especially at first, allowing silence. I had a client who came to me and she had a very successful company. She was really unhappy. And what I first proposed to her was, you need to start off by sitting in silence every single day. And when when I told her that, she was like, what? And she shared publicly later that she was like, am I paying this woman to tell me this? And she did it though, to her credit, she started it and she actually did it and started doing it in a really big way. And it completely changed her life. The way I think about what I do is being a guide. I can guide, I can share stories and ideas and illuminate different possibilities and paths. But in the end, the best business life strategy I know is following your inner guidance. And if you want to connect with it more, you have to allow space for connection, especially in this world where I don't know anybody who was raised to connect in with their inner guidance and then follow that regardless of what the adults around them thought. I don't know anybody who 
was raised, actually, I know one person from long ago who was raised meditating, uh, but generally I don't know anyone like that. It takes a real maverick currently to say, I want to start to focus more within instead of out and letting all the outside circumstances pull me around. And I think this is so potent and powerful also because of something you said earlier, Emily, which is at first it could seem like this is about, oh, now I have just another thing I have to do. But actually the busyness and the frazzled is coming from not being connected to your own inner guidance. I think of it like throwing spaghetti on the wall when you have one person telling you to do this and then a new strategy over here and then this book over there and that podcast there. And you're letting that pull you around. It's kind of like just throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks instead of the inner guidance is going to show you this is the path. Mm -hmm. Here is the step. And you don't have to do a hundred things, even when those things feel enticing or juicy. I totally agree. You're right. We get so much information. It's an information overload today, which I think is leading for us to just feel more stressed, more burned out. I mean, we're, we achieve something new and then it's got to be more, right? And so then we, we read books and listen to podcasts and get 50 more tips on what to do. And you're just like, wow, okay, I, I, the to-do list is too long. I can't even see the end of it. And your suggestion of finding silence to let your, your guidance, your intuition, your brain kind of work on the problem. I agree with a hundred percent. And for people out there who are saying, I don't have time for that. I think you should identify that. First of all, that might be a problem. (laughs) You need to be able to find a few minutes to sit with yourself. But if you, if it doesn't feel possible today, I have done this in the car where I just don't turn on the radio or I don't turn on music or a podcast. And I just, it's quiet. And it's insane how quickly your brain will start. I feel like going over everything you've been thinking about in like warp speed. It's like a fast forward of a movie trailer. And I've also found really solutions while for me, it's exercise specifically running when I'm doing something by myself. So find what that might mean for you and let yourself have that silence to begin to solve your own problems. and. Sloan, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about coaching and why when we become adults and we take on the biggest challenges and expansion of our life, do we stop getting coached? We're out of school. We don't have a teacher. We've we've quit sports, so we don't have a coach on the field. Our mentors, maybe our, our mentors more through admiration and that we're following their careers rather than really connecting. Like, why do we give it up? when we need it the most? And and when do you think women experience that tipping point and then find it's time to like reach out and, and get that guidance that is so necessary throughout our whole life? Yes, it really is. It really is. And our whole culture is set up that way. I had the biggest heartbreak when my daughter was young and she went from kindergarten to first grade and kindergarten, they're playing and they're painting and they're being kids. And then suddenly first grade is like, sit down, be quiet and listen to the teacher. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. And I'm watching her be socialized of it's the opposite of a growth mindset. It's you're successful if you're quiet and if you just regurgitate what we tell you. (laughs) So we really can't blame people for then growing up and not being focused on growth or even understanding the value of mentors or thinking that's where I want to spend my hard-earned money or any of that. And for us as growth-minded women, we get to decide, is this a priority in my life? And one of the things that happens oftentimes when women come to me is it's a big investment for our work together. And what I tell people all the time is that nobody has the plan that they're going to spend all this investment on themselves. That's not the way our world is set up until they invest in themselves and then experience the results in their life. So for me, the time to think of mentorship and coaching is any time that you're ready for a transformation in your life, you're ready for a shift. You find someone who has gone through what you either have gone through or has the result that you want to have. 
And then from that place for me, I always have at least one, but usually multiple mentors at a time because it's so valuable in my life. I have to reiterate what you said there. Find someone who has the results that you want to have. I think too often we're using proximity over experience when we're asking for advice. And we shouldn't be getting it from your Aunt Martha who hasn't done what you want to do or from your boss that is going to stay in his role for the next 40 years. You need to find people who have been where you want to go or who are currently there and have the courage and the confidence to reach out to them and find that guidance that you need to get get to the place where where your intuition is telling you that you should go. And I, I think, you know, oftentimes we talked a lot about the busyness in our lives and how we're just inundated with information and, and things to do. And you've also helped coach women in letting go and trusting others to do things that at one point you only thought that you could do. How do you help women get those breakthroughs so that they have more space to show up as their full selves, live to their full potential, and really ensure that they're walking down the right road? Well, in full disclosure, I have absolutely been one of those women who is like, I got to maintain a tight grip of control and not letting other people do the things that they could do. So I definitely understand that path and um, have learned a lot from that because it really is a hard path to go down. And for me, that really didn't start shifting until I shifted the way I trusted myself. Or another way to say it is until I shifted the way I trusted life. And I think those two things are interchangeable. You could also say God, if that resonates for you. But until I started to cultivate this trust within, I wasn't really able to like, I mean, I'd read all the things and I've had coaches and all this stuff of like, yeah, of course I should allow other people to do their job and have a team. And still I find myself grinding, you know, being the bottleneck, doing all those things. But when I really started to shift my relationship with me and I started to trust myself and I started to cultivate a powerful connection to me, that's when I started to also be able to let go and really see the truth of there are people who can do things even better than I can. And I'd heard that before, but I was like, really? (laughs) Then I could actually experience it. And then also see more of the truth of what wasn't their strengths. Like, oh, you know, actually for this person, that's not the right piece for them to be handling. We need to have someone else over here. So it really opened up a whole new perspective. And I I walked on that path from going within even more. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because it's it's like looking from within is what you're saying and, and trusting yourself first. But I also, when you were talking, I just really envisioned this like zoom out as well and sort of seeing how full your your plate and and everything it is that you've signed yourself up to do and really picking what it is that fulfills you what it is that you would look at and say that you get to do and then all those other things that need to get done really trusting yourself that they can be done the way that they need to get done if you don't do them by shifting that trust to somebody else. Yes. And I think also it's allowing the failure because one of the things that we end up doing when we don't want there to be a problem or failure or a ball to be dropped is then we end up propping other people up. I had another client who came to me and we uncovered that everybody on her team, she was in some way doing part of their job, holding them up, propping them up, whether it was emotionally or their actual physical job. And she was exhausted. She didn't have anything left to give. So part of this trust is allowing if someone really isn't going to be able to perform to to let that be shown and then to face it instead of trying to prop them up and keep it going. And then whose expense is it at? It's at yours. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, we get the choice to say, I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm going to generalize here. Of course, this isn't always true, but generally men don't do that. 
this is a strength that we women have caring for other people, being able to see a lot of different pieces at once, seeing, oh, if that falls here, this is going to be a problem. And what will they think? And then sometimes we end up using it against ourselves and doing something like propping everybody up. And then we go home. And the only thing we can do is, you know, drink wine and watch Netflix to just try to unwind from this insanity of a day. And that's no way to live. That's calling for a change. I think we really need to take heed at your advice that you just gave and really do that survey of your life and understand if, if you are that woman who is doing a little piece of everybody else's job and that's in understanding that's unsustainable and then making meaningful change to allow yourself to grow. Otherwise that's, that is like the tether that's going to hold you in place when everything else inside of you is trying to help you to move forward. And it's the same with husbands. That's another big place that I see. And I'm sure that there are some men out there who are just like, yeah, I don't want to handle anything. But most of the time, what I see is that we women, we train the people in our lives to just be like, fine, you do it. Eventually, it can't never be done right, or it's never done on time, or there's some complaint about how and if it's finished, rather than saying, I can't handle all of this myself. And I need support, or I want support. Men actually love to help. Men love to feel useful. Men also love to have women in their lives feel great. And so this is a really important consideration if someone does have that experience of like, I have to handle everything myself or all the balls are going to drop if I don't take care of them to really start to look at how you've created this in your life. And then if you're willing to look at it, that's actually the same path to uncreate it and create something new. Are these some of the themes that you see occurring over and over again with women that you work with? Yeah. It is. And you know, the thing I see that I just want to recognize is I see it with so much compassion. And I really do see that the woman who has boxed herself into the place of doing it all, which is a lot of women, that she does it from wanting to take care of people in her lives, wanting everything to be nice and taking care of for others. She usually does it from a good place inside. And so if we can meet ourselves with that kind of compassion, you know, any of the stuff I've talked about, there's nothing wrong if you find yourself in it. There really isn't. And and if you can meet yourself with like, oh, I see you, I'm seeing you more clearly. I'm seeing the ways where you're making your life hard or where you're suffering. And if you can start to bring that kind of voice to you and see you with a loving heart it actually makes the process of shifting a lot smoother and easier and faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Self-recognition seems to be a piece, a big piece of all this work that we're doing and an acknowledgement of where we are, how far we've come and recognizing where it is that we want to go. But, you know, you've talked a lot about untethering yourself from what's holding you back, which is things that you don't want to deal with. It could be holding on too tightly to too much. I think many of us are going to really resonate with that and really think about how we can start to make those meaningful changes in our lives so that we can go after our biggest goals and lead more fulfilled lives. And really also, I want to say, allow yourself to transition, to switch, to identify what that new goal is for yourself. It doesn't have to be the same thing that it was five years ago when you got the job, the top job at a law firm or a job at a top law firm. Like that Sloan was amazing in her twenties. And the Sloan today is, is who she's meant to be. So because you signed up to be one thing doesn't mean that it was chiseled in stone for the rest of your life. You have permission from both of us to make that, to make that switch. Yes. Yes. You always have permission. One thing I like to think of on this is instead of thinking about having a purpose, which sort of gives the idea of a destination that we need to get to, which is what leaves a lot of people stuck. I like to think of it as a purpose path, as in life is always unfolding. Am I walking on my purpose path currently? That is a path. It is meandering and moving forward and it's not fixed. And when I think of it that way, it it gives me 
more ease in making shifts, even when sometimes they're hard than otherwise. So I love that you brought that up, Emily. Wow. That's awesome. Purpose path. Okay. Final four questions. What's your biggest piece of advice for women to apply today to level up tomorrow? I would say to face that thing that you've been ignoring, whatever it is, it could be as simple as you had an argument with someone and you feel like you should have a follow-up conversation about it. And you haven't at its foundation, that thing that you've been ignoring is an energy leak. So that is the subconscious, your even conscious mind is spending a lot of energy subconsciously trying to either justify it or make it okay, or make you feel safe enough to continue to operate consciously. You might be thinking about it sometimes. Maybe it's a little seed in the background. Maybe you're ruminating about it, but the energy leak and and most people have many energy leaks is actually depleting not only your energy, but your creativity, your life force. And then on this higher outer level of what we've been talking about today, it's also illuminating a possibility on your purpose path. It's showing you that there's more beyond this thing that feels uncomfortable. There's something more for you out there in the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen if you make that choice or if you talk to that person or whatever this thing is for you. So if you really want to make a big shift, focus there first rather than on something outside of you. Where are you traveling to next? (laughs) Travel. Oh, I love it. Such a juicy part of life. I am traveling in November. I'll be at a mastermind I'm in, and then I'm hosting a retreat in Sonoma. And then personally, well, really exciting thing I've been talking about is years ago, I took a trip to Paris with my daughter and my mom. And so we're talking about going back this summer and we've been planning for that. So in a year, but it's in the works. What is your pump up song? I pump up song. Well, I love to dance. So my favorite is Rufus de Soul, which is our DJs and just such awesome music. A song. I think I would say on my knees, Rufus de Soul. And finally, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote. I don't have a favorite, although I do have a quote that it really resonates with me. And part of it is one I'm sure we've all heard before, but this is the Helen Keller from her book, Let Us Have Faith. And she says, avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. The fearful are caught as often as the bold. Faith alone defends. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. To keep our faces toward change and behave like free spirits in the presence of fate is strength undefeatable. I think you picked the perfect quote to summarize this conversation. It's been so awesome talking to you, Sloan. You have opened our minds and elevated our presence to really consider what is next for us and what steps we need to take. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Emily. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership is Female. Now, take this lesson and run. Let's go. Let's go.